Hello and welcome to our next Fireside Chat. I'm Anthony Smith, Chief Economist here at Freightwaves, and I'm joined by the one and only Jeff Ogren of Zell. And we get to chat about quite a few different topics. And Jeff, just of course, first of all, one, thank you so much for your time and joining us today. Thanks, Anthony. It's great to be here. Love uh, coming to Chattanooga this time of year. So, so far, everything's been awesome, man. Yeah, it's it's been a great time here. I've had a ton of fun. Of course, we had TI last night. We've had more events today, more entertainment a little bit later on this evening. And it's great to kind of see everyone out and about. It's great to see some of the optimism and excitement despite kind of the past few cores that we've seen within the logistics industry. And of course, from my macro stance, I'm thinking of, okay, all these different segments that are in some sort of a recession, some sort of resiliency, some sort of recovery. Within the freight market, we've seen some strange dynamics so far. So let's just start off talking about where we are right now in the freight market. Yeah, it is an interesting time. I think Brad Jacobs made a great point earlier this morning. You know, this is a volatile industry, right? Things go up and things go down. We're going we're gonna to get back to normal uh, eventually. But the excitement of companies being here, you know, you have booths, you have sponsors, you know, we're still here. There's a lot of resilience just by being here, still working hard, uh, understanding that there is light in the end of the tunnel. Um, but I, I do think it's really interesting to see what are companies doing right now to be efficient so that when things get better, they're ready for it. And um, we'll get into this in a minute, but uh, I'm just excited to be here. And, and again, you know, just the different leaders that are representing their companies, um, some of the disruptive or improved technologies. I love to see it. I love, I love what you guys are doing here. Yeah, and I think that's a great point when you hit on that efficiency aspect because let's kind of lay the groundwork here because we're thinking about, okay, we have 2019, wasn't the best year for freight. Things really start heating up, pandemic happens. We start to see a surge in volumes and this just demand for freight and, and capacity is just needed. That really started to have an environment for people that were planning and making business decisions for that current freight environment, but it wasn't necessarily the long-term decision that should have been made. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I try not to judge. Uh, I think, you know, you have an opportunity and an incredible opportunity in freight to make a lot of money, uh, to raise a lot of money. And there's been a lot of attention in this industry over the past couple of years now, more than ever. So I do think, you know, who wouldn't take advantage of years that we had? Um, and it is really unfortunate, some of the companies that have gone under and that have been bankrupt. But, I, you know, the good ones, they're going to they're gonna get through it. And even the ones that have maybe gone under, they're going to come out better because of it. You know, times like this make you need to sharpen your pencil and be more efficient. Um, so when times, you know, come back around, you know, they're resilient. So... I think I think a good a good term that I hear a lot is how you, how are you future proofing your business so that when times are good you're or, or, or bad uh, you you remain resilient in that in that type of uh, frame. At, I like that point, especially when you're looking at how people were operating at that point in time in the industry, and really, it we we were kind of chatting about it before because we we get to talk about you know what we see in the freight market. We also Got to also talk about sneaking football from at some point in time in this fireside chat, but really it bred 
bad habits at the same time because you can get away with so much during this period where, you know, you were just kind of falling into money. Capital was cheap and, and freight was just abundant and you were just needed. And so this really led into some sloppiness that really kind of led into a pattern of bad behavior. And one of the things that Brad Jacobs also talked about is that the shift in the mindset, because at the very beginning, he was talking about, you know, if you just kind of stay in the same mindset, you're going to get some of these same results. And I think there was a shift in this mindset and it got it's gotten really sloppy. Now we're really need to see a true solution to be innovative here. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, the pressure at growing at all costs, especially when you go and raise a big round of money, uh, it, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to spend the money and you're supposed to grow at all costs. I think we have to redefine that, especially in markets that we're in now. But even when it does come back, you know, this is a long game, right? Uh, it is a volatile industry we've talked about. So, you know, I think, I think there is light at the end of the tunnel, obviously, or else we wouldn't be here today. Um, but I'm excited to, to see what the future holds. Yeah, and, and let's get into some of those aspects of really being... I would say reasonable and making good decisions in this environment because we all understand this is a cyclical environment. The pendulum's going to swing back the other way. At this point, it's just swinging a lot slower than what we've seen in the past typically. So we're looking at your perspective, one of the things of efficiency. I also got to mention what you guys do over at Zelle and being able to help people be more efficient. Can you talk to that aspect? Maybe give us a little bit of background of Zelle and really what that might look like from driving an efficiency standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Zelle Logistics is a remote staffing and outsourcing solution. We're based, our operations are all out of Eastern Europe. We're in 11 offices across seven countries and growing quickly. So honestly, it's a simple business. It's not rocket science. Uh, we're sourcing and augmenting staff on behalf of logistics companies. I think you know, you hear buzzwords like AI, machine learning, and I do think there's a place for that. But this industry is still very human. There's a lot of human elements that are still involved, that intuition that requires uh, humans. And, you know, I came from Uber, so I'm all about technology and automating things where we can. Um, but, you know, what a better way and opportunity right now, especially when it's a challenging market, to stay resilient. You know, think about your staff. Think about who needs to be full-time? Where can we cut and, and potentially save by using some of the outsourcing, um, you know, various regions and roles uh, to help stay resilient in this type of industry? So I think that's a great point is really, it's not just looking to introduce that technology, but because you can, you can overspend on technology. You can even start to just say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm buying this tech innovation and not really have a clear plan on how it's going to really help with overhead or really help with margins or really be a big asset. All you know is that it's a big buzzword. It incorporates some form of AI and you're thinking you're gonna be better off for it. But really, I think you hit on a great point here is really around how you can take those people and they can focus on the things that are most critical. And I think that's really the big piece and disconnect that a lot of folks are missing. And so can you talk to some of the offerings that really you all kind of go through because I think of a staffing agency and then sometimes I think of, okay, either A, they're all going to be kind of going through the staffing agency in terms of management or maybe are they going to feel like 
a full employee at the company. So what does that all kind of look like on your perspective? Yeah, great point. I think there's a stigma around outsourcing and remote staffing, and we're finding ourselves almost re-educating what, not just what Zelle does, but what does that term really mean? You know, you hear these terms, BPO, outstaffing, and, you know, honestly, you can define it however way uh, you want to and whatever works for your organization. Our job at Zelle is really to match the right resources with our partners. We want to integrate their systems to using the systems that you're already using so that they feel that they're a part of your organization. Um, we are the employer of records, so we handle all those HR costs. Uh, we take care of the benefits so that you don't have to on your behalf. So things like that where you're just saving so much on your bottom line that, to your point, can continue to help innovate and focus on some technologies so that you are resilient, not just on overhead costs, but thinking about more of this world of digitization and taking your, uh, your business to the next level. And so I think this kind of also leads into another aspect of looking at how to operate within this industry. So one of the other things is, so we just mentioned AI. And um, of course, we have amazing technology here at these uh, corridors and on so many amazing booths. And so one of the big things is that you'll hear a prescription for something. You'll hear, it's, it's like if you have a headache, take Tylenol or something like that. But really, a lot of the times when we're looking at everyone's situation, it's needing a customized solution. Can you talk to the importance of not just looking for a Band-Aid prescription, but also kind of taking into some of those customized approaches into looking to be more efficient or into looking to see what some of your issues are because there are some folks that are operating right now and they're just looking for the Band-Aid solution, but really, I'm sure that's not the, the solution all the time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this market that we're in right now is forcing people to sharpen their pencil, forcing these hard conversations forcing leadership and really the entire organization to come together and have some of these tough challenges so that they're not in this place again. So I do think this is probably one of the most, you know, more innovative times for any company to make those type of adjustments. Um, maybe they need to pivot in, in some places. Maybe they, they need to shift where their funds are going. But it really requires a real plan. You got to be proactive. Freight sometimes can be very reactive in 3PL, 4PL world. And, um, you know, it's just a good reminder. This is a good wake up call uh, that we can be resilient still. We don't have to over leverage ourselves. We don't have to keep raising money. There is a better way to do it. And we're just trying to uh, be a, a little part of that. And, and I love that. That thing that you just mentioned there is really being proactive because this industry is so reactive and then you i think everyone's seen it and everyone has been able to make a call about what's about to happen in the market because you see something happen on one side of the country you know that there's just going to be so much volume potentially entering that area because there's margins to be had there there's money to be made until that gets run into the ground and then there's just this overcorrection where there's too much uh supply here capacity's loose, and then it just shifts completely. And so we've seen that time and time again. And so we're looking at really finding out a way to be proactive. I think that's an amazing point. And I also like to think of comparative and competitive advantages, of course, in my econ nerd brain. And one of the things that you just mentioned was, um, were you working out of Europe? Can you talk to some of the advantages of being able to tap into some of that local resource or that resource there in that European market. Yeah, definitely. I think that is a big differentiator. 
Look, there's some great, great companies out there that offer different remote staffing and outsourcing solutions all across the world. And I think you got to find really what are those roles and resources that make the most sense to maybe augment or outstaff uh, within your organization. Eastern Europeans, unbelievable work ethic, uh, unparalleled. Uh, we really enjoy the the work ethic and the and the type of resumes that come from this industry. A lot of these guys that we look for and vet and 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 source have years of experience in the industry, whether it's developers for back office billing, you name it. Um, we can find it, and so you know, I think I think that country is very resilient. Even you know, uh, especially times like what they're you know a lot of what they're going through, especially in Ukraine. And uh, honestly, productivity has increased. Um, so we're taking advantage of that, and we want our customers as well to do that. Um, but we're continuing to expand. Uh, we don't have plans to go into anywhere else right now. Eastern Europe is is where our footprint is, and we couldn't be more excited. And then I think another thing to mention is just the time zone advantages. Uh, you hear nearshoring, offshoring. I'll just, you know, one of the most common one of the most common roles and, and common things that a lot of our partners ask for is after hours and weekend support um, so that they don't ever miss a beat. And so we always are on, the lights are always on at Zelle. We have shifts to handle uh, really any hours of operation that's required here in the U.S. And the good thing about um, the way we set everything up up front is that they feel like they're working for our clients. You know, it's not working necessarily for Zelle, even though we're the employer of record. They want to be promoted. They want to keep working hard for the company that we exclusively source um, for, for the job that's needed. So couldn't be more excited about being there. Makes all the difference, Jeff. And thanks so much for your time. And before we wrap up here. Yeah, thanks so much. I got a quick question. Where's your 40 in high school? Let's, let's tell the people. My 40? Your 40 time. <laughs> Well, uh, I ran a four three nine. Four three nine. Four three nine. I was happy with my four five. Um, that's that's and true. also, where were you playing? Uh, this was at Clemson University. Yeah. Big time, big time. So I, I just, I just have to. We have to drop that out here because we're in the midst of greatness. And Jeff, I'm always a big fan of seeing a fellow student athlete out in the logistics space. Always. Pushing and, and working hard because I love to see that the student athlete grind. I think there's just something different about it. And again, thank you so much for your time. For those that are watching, hanging out right now, how can they get in touch with you or find out a little bit more about Zelle? Yeah, well, we'll be here. Uh, you can go to our website, zelle.com, and uh, reach out on LinkedIn. We uh, would love to talk to you. So thanks again, Anthony. Awesome, Jeff. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you, everyone.